Hi, I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Public Interest Legal Foundation is the nation's only public interest law firm litigating exclusively for election integrity. I'm pleased today to be joined by Cord Bird, the Secretary of State of Florida, to talk about elections. Of course, in Florida, the Secretary of State is the chief state election official, right? Um, I am. That, that, that is correct. And uh, good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Cord, for joining us. So you, before you were Secretary of State, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So I've been a practicing lawyer for about 25 years uh, in Florida, uh, practicing mainly in Second Amendment and firearms law. So that was my that was my area of specialty. And then in uh, 2016, I ran for the state house and uh, got elected, and then was reelected for uh, for three terms. I did three terms in the house, and. Uh, then when my predecessor, uh, now Congresswoman Lee, uh, decided to run for Congress, she was the Secretary of State, the, the governor asked me to uh, to take on the role. And when the governor asks you to, to join in, you, you, you say yes. There's only one answer. Into the hornet's nest, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So where was your legislative district in Florida? So I represented then House District 11, which was Northeast Florida, Nassau County, parts of Duval County. So that's, uh, that, that's home. And it's a great district and really uh, happy to, to represent the people there. Learned a lot. But I've uh, been involved in elections law for quite some time. I, I was a poll watcher for many years, including in Palm Beach County in 2000 for Bush v. Gore. So uh, it's been a passion of mine for a long time. And from a pretty part of the state. And from a great part of the state, right, yes. Right, So uh, the, Florida Secretary of, the Secretary of State, you have county officials in Florida that are also involved in elections there. It's not all run out of the Secretary of State's office. That is correct. So we have 67 counties. So we have 67 elected supervisors of election, and they run the election in the county. So I am not their boss, but I am the chief elections officer, and I uh, can issue advisory opinions or tell them you know, what um, you know, what we think the law means and uh, and make sure that they, they are enforcing the law. So the Public Interest Legal Foundation about six years ago had a lawsuit against Brenda Snipes, the Broward County Supervisor of Elections, under the National Voter Registration Act. She wasn't cleaning up people who had moved. Incredible incompetence in that office. Florida law has a provision the governor can actually remove these people, doesn't it? It does, and it's one of the, the best provisions that we have. And you know, I'm glad you you, you mentioned uh, Broward County, and because really in Florida, you know, we had 65 counties doing it right. We had two counties, Palm Beach and Broward, that were that were the problems. They were the ones causing all the issues. And then uh, Governor Scott removed the supervisor in Palm Beach County, and then when Governor uh, DeSantis was elected, uh, he was going to remove uh, Ms. Snipes, and she uh, decided <laughs> discretion is the better part of valor and resigned. But yes, the governor can remove uh, supervisors for. Um, malfeasance or incompetence. Malfeasance or incompetence. There was plenty of that going on in Broward yes, County, yes, I promise. Yes. Okay, so one of the things I noticed about election night 2022, and if I think about it, 2020 and maybe 2018, is Florida seems to figure out who won the election on election night. What's going on there that's different than most of the country? Sure, and I think it's one of the, the, the best um, election measures that we have. So um, our supervisors can start canvassing votes prior to election day. So the, the early vote and vote by mail, those are counted. So when we have that first number that gets reported around 730 um, central, because we have the panhandle. So uh, that first number on election night is all of your early and vote by mail. That number's in. And then on election night, every 30 minutes thereafter, uh, the counties are required to report the individual precinct data so that we know you generally who won on election night. So I think that's our... That's what other states could model if they want timely timeliness, uh, because we require all ballots to be into the supervisor's office by 7 p.m. 
And I'll give you an example. We had a, uh, there was a mail truck stuck on I-4, which is around Orlando, that didn't get to the ballots in. And we worked very well with the Postal Service. Um, but the, the, those ballots didn't make it. They don't get counted. There is no, oh, the mail truck got stuck. Uh, it was raining. None of that. I mean, our law is clear, in by seven or not counted. And yet another story adding to my list of reasons not to trust the post office with your vote. Uh, not that you shouldn't vote, but I tell you, I hear more and more stories like this. So the other thing Florida does that's somewhat unique, it's not entirely unique, but it's a great idea, is what's called, and remember, a lot of people won't know what I'm about <laughs> to say, electronic poll book. Right. That's something that Florida has done a long time. When I was at the Department of Justice in the voting section, and I would do election monitoring in Dade, in Broward, on election day, I saw like this magic machine mm -hmm. that most states don't have. What is an electronic poll book and how does it help make elections run smoother? Right. So um, I still remember you being a young voter and you'd go in and there would literally be a printed pages with every registered voter in the county and you would sign next to the book and that was the poll book. Well, after the lessons we learned from 2000, uh, the state started uh, requiring uh, electronic poll books. And so which is just what it sounds like. It's a computer station um, that's connected um, to the, the, the county office. So it's a, it's a one-way connection. It can't be it can't be hacked. It's not connected to the internet, but it allows the super or the uh, the poll worker in the precinct to look you up right away to make sure. And because there, we have a centralized database at the state level that all of the counties um, hook into, we can tell if someone um, has already voted somewhere else. Uh, so it's a great uh, safeguard and uh, tool that we use in Florida. Here's the coolest part from my perspective watching. People would give their driver's license because Florida's a, a, a voter ID state. And on the back of the driver's license, I think there was a barcode mm -hmm. that they would scan through this electronic poll book and up pops the registration information. Correct. There's no like, are you Joe Smith at this? No, it's like lock solid. Here's who you are. Milliseconds. And next thing you know, you get a ballot. It's an amazing system. It's a very good system and uh, goes a long way to our you know, voter integrity. So, folks listening, this is one of the things the states that don't have could adopt. Now, there's a monetary investment, obviously. But I'm telling you, it speeds lines. It increases integrity. It's a great system in Florida. Okay. So, other things that Florida has, because I do election litigation all around the country, uh, I think I'm up to 32 states now. I've actually wow. had a case in. And Guam. I can't ever forget about <laughs> Guam. You guys have a statute in Florida that is fantastic for list maintenance, to keeping the voter rolls clean. And it allows election officials to use things like jury recusal forms where people say, I'm not a citizen. Mm -hmm. Get me out of jury duty. Oh, you're not a citizen? Well, that's funny because we got you from the voter rolls. Right. And so it, it, the statute explicitly allows that. Uh, Governor McAuliffe in, 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 in Virginia vetoed that stat proposed bill. You also have a third party information statute, I think, where if the supervisor learns about credible information from third parties, they can use that information. This is great stuff, and it's not in most states. Right, right. No, I mean, you're, it's why, I mean, I see my number one job as the Secretary of State and, and the Chief Elections Officer is list maintenance. And what I, I think it's important for people to understand, voter rolls change every single day. Someone dies, someone turns 18, someone becomes a felon, someone gets their rights restored, someone moves in state, they move out of state, they move within the state. So every day that is changing. So the supervisors in Florida have a role in list maintenance. The Secretary of State's office has a role in list maintenance. So we have multiple checks that we're constantly looking, and you're right, we look for reliable and credible information. And if the supervisor has that, 
then they can take somebody off the rolls with with due process. I want to make sure we're not purging. We don't do that. We we make sure that we have the the necessary information that we feel comfortable in removing someone and not disenfranchise a voter. Right. Now let's talk about breakdowns before Governor DeSantis got there, before you got there. One of the things the Public Interest Legal Foundation did is we used Florida's incredibly generous sunshine laws mm-hmm. and we scraped all of the criminal referrals from county supervisors of elections in the largest counties to the state attorney who's supposed to prosecute crimes. And we found about 160 credible criminal referrals, possible election crimes that occurred that the supervisors of election found. And you know how many of those cases were prosecuted by the state's attorneys? Probably very little or none. None, None, right. Exactly, zero. And you would think there'd at least be one of these. And this is what was going on five, uh, four or five Mm -hmm. years ago. And that's changing now, isn't it, with a proposal that Governor DeSantis made and got through the legislature. Could you talk about that? Absolutely. So last uh, legislative session, the governor made it one of his priorities to create the Office of Election Crimes and Security, the first of its kind in the nation, because it's true. This is what we saw that local state attorneys, local prosecutors, for whatever reason, uh, you know, election laws, complex mix yeah. of state and federal law, they're inherently political cases. You know, when the loser, if, if the, the person who wins, they want to move on and start governing. The person who loses it looks like sour grapes. But we knew that these cases were out there. Um, And when I was in the legislature and I had my my colleagues across the aisle that would say there's no such thing as election fraud because show us the cases that are prosecuted. Well, (laughs) now we're doing that. We're showing them. And so now we have the statewide prosecutor who has jurisdiction and authority. to. So we perform the investigations in my office. We refer those then to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Then they do their investigation and then refer them on to the statewide prosecutor. We just got our first uh, uh, jury verdict last week. So we're starting to prosecute these. We've had others, people that have... uh, um, pled guilty, um, but we take our law seriously. I mean, I tell people all the time that the surest way to undermine confidence in government is for a government not to enforce its laws. And for whatever reason, people didn't take election law seriously. Well, in Florida, we do. And under Governor DeSantis, uh, we're a rule of law state, and we're sending that message. And it's building confidence in you know, lawful voters and also signaling to the bad guys, think twice before you do this. It's not a wink and a nod anymore, and let's see if I can get away with it. That's an important part is the deterrence fact mm-hmm. factor. Um, you mentioned the, complex, the complexities of election law. State prosecutors' offices are geared toward murder, robbery, crime, uh, rape, kidnapping, all of these things. And election law, I could find the best state prosecutor in Florida, and I could say like five words that they wouldn't even know what they are. Correct. What is the voter history? What is NVRA? What is uh, what, what? What are electronic poll books? I mean, mm-hmm. they don't understand the basics, so they don't they don't want to do these cases. Sometimes it's not always a conspiracy, is it, to to not prosecute? No, you're exactly right. It's not a conspiracy. I think it's just sometimes they, like you said, they they're they're looking at rape, robbery, murder. Um, election law is is low on that list for them, and I understand why. But it's important to the state and. And I'm proud to say that Florida is leading the nation on that issue. And just so everybody understands, this unique and effective and good idea of Governor DeSantis is not common in most states. In fact, I'm trying to think of what other states have statewide prosecution authority over election crimes. There's not many. As a matter of fact, the Texas Attorney General recently had it stripped from him mm-hmm. by a court. So this is a good thing. This is a unique thing. Uh, and I want to ask you about the supervisor of elections of Hillsborough County. Because when we did our safe harbor report and asked for all of the criminal referrals 
that the, the county election offices made. He indicated to us that, oh, they would never refer an election crime to a state pro- or to a county prosecutor. What's that all about? So, you know, as I said, the, the statewide are the, um, the supervisors of elections. They're, they're elected by the people of their county and ultimately responsible to them. Uh, they make independent choices, but that's why we needed that backstop at the state level. We don't have to rely on a supervisor or a state attorney that decides that's not an important issue to them. We take it seriously at the state level, and uh, we're, we're all, we are investigating those crimes. We, uh, we, did a, we had a report due to the legislature um, uh, earlier this month in which we outlined, I think, actually I think it was last month, but we outlined over 2,000 investigations that were initiated by my office into election crimes, which ultimately re- re- led to charges in multiple cases, and, and we're continuing. So uh, we're not leaving it up to the locals to make these decisions, which in many cases are you know, um, they, they know some of the people that are involved in these cases and, and for whatever reason don't want to prosecute them. One more war story about our uh, Broward County lawsuit. It came out in discovery in our case that the Broward County Sheriff was going to Dr. Snipes, Brenda Snipes, and saying, we found these people, uh, they're non-citizens or convicted felons, and by the way, they're on your voter rolls. And she would take the information and do absolutely nothing with mm-hmm. it. Do nothing with it. The, right. It's astonishing stuff. And, you know, people don't think uh, uh, the defenders of certain people act as if nothing ever can go wrong with a, an election official who drops the ball. Right, right. Well, I mean, listen, in Florida, I use the number 537 a lot. Yes. And you probably know what that yeah, number absolutely. is. 537. That was the difference between President Bush and President Gore. Dade County alone, our largest county with 100, our 1.5 million registered voters, has over 700 precincts. If there's just one fraudulent vote in every precinct, that's the difference in Bush v. Gore. You multiply that by the thousands of precincts we have across the state. Let's just say there's one fraudulent vote in half those those uh, those precincts. We have probably three times the margin in Bush v. Gore, so it matters. And the in the Baker Carter report from 2004, they said. A single fraudulent vote undermines the integrity of the entire system, and that's our attitude that we have in Florida. So going forward, from my perspective, it's almost like Florida's the top of the mountain, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm used to seeing nonsense in other states. Uh, I mean, we could do a whole show with you (laughs) on how bad it is in 49 other states. Going forward, what else is there to accomplish? I mean, what 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 is the uh, you know? Do you guys have any new creative ideas to make it even better? We do, and so I think that's one of the things. One of the lessons we learned uh, coming out of two thousand is we don't sit back and think we know everything that we've always gotten it right. We're constantly working to improve. We look at what the trends are in other states, where we may have vulnerabilities, where we can improve. Um, I'm not going to get out ahead of the governor on this, but we are uh, starting the legislative session uh, the first week of March. So I would say that uh, stay tuned because we don't rest on our laurels. We continue to improve our laws. So you brought up the governor, Ron DeSantis. Uh, uh, He's in the news a lot. What's his view of this issue? Is he engaged? Is he disengaged? What is it? He absolutely is engaged. Uh, election integrity is one of his top priorities. It's been one of the top priorities of his of his administration. And just for that reason, I mean, everything flows from the elections. If you don't get your elections right in a constitutional republic, none of the other stuff matters. Uh, so it is one of his priorities. He's very engaged when I go into his office. I mean, I better know what I'm talking about and have my facts because because he knows. Right. 
right? Yeah. Well, when he was in Washington, he always had good, strong opinions. Mm. Yes, he, yes. Uh, yeah, you know where the governor stands. You absolutely right, do. Right. On with Cord Bird, Secretary of State of Florida. Cord, thank you very much for joining us on Protecting Your Vote. Keep up the good work. People are noticing. Uh, it's making a difference. It's really, really a good story. And I'm so glad you joined us Great. Today. Thank you, Christian, for having me on. Take care. Protecting Your Vote. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And lots more great guests in the future. So come back and look for Protecting Your Vote on the podcast. I'm Christian Adams. This is from the Public Interest Legal Foundation. You can find more at publicinterestlegal.org. Thanks much.